Welcome to Dreamers to Leaders, Keeping It Real with Melody podcast. Melody is a born dreamer who started from being a flight attendant and worked her way up into now a tech fashion trendsetter, thought leader, and seasoned entrepreneur in multiple successful ventures. This podcast is for the awakened dreamer. Industry icons will share their humble beginnings up to the leaders they are today. Let's all learn and be inspired. Together, we can all prosper. Hello and welcome to the Dreamers to Leaders podcast. It's the podcast for the dreamers, more importantly, the doers. I'm your host, Melody. Together, we will learn how to think, act, and speak big as business leaders transition through life from being dreamers to leaders. Are you aware that fashion is the second largest polluting industry and is responsible for creating 10% of the world's carbon emission and produces 20% of the world's waste? Well, our guest today hopes to alleviate some of that problem. She is an actress and founder and CEO of Grace Landic, which is a sustainable fashion line that produces ethical luxury clothing. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Grace Achieng. Hey, Grace, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm doing good. And how are you? I am great. Fabulous. Well, let's begin. If you could share with our audience your life as an early dreamer, how it was way back in the days before you held your first collection. You know, I could say that I've always been a dreamer. You know, I I grew up in a very humble uh, family, you know, and we we didn't really have, we didn't have much, you know, and there was so much chaos. And, you know, like, I think that um, there were, it's such, it was such a dysfunctional home, you know, so I just created my own reality. Like I, I had my own talks with myself, like in my head, I live in a mansion or something, you know, I live in a palace, or, you know, and I just, I felt, I feel like I never really fit in in my, in my family, you know, because I, I just, I thought different, you know, I just, I, I just had a different way of thinking. And yeah, so that made me feel more of an outsider or than a, you know, like a member of my own family. So you envisioned everything. It all started in your head. And as they say, it first develops and starts in your mind, in your head, and you dream it, dream it, you envision it, you imagine it before it turns to reality. So early back in your childhood, you already had those vivid images uh in your in your head as to what you want your life to be right absolutely absolutely you know like um not only that you know but I already at six years old I already knew what I wanted to do like for me it was it it had something to do with fashion you know I grew up seeing my aunt coming home like she had uh, like different boutiques and she would she she was just so nicely dressed and she was just this um, vibrant human being, like when she walked in a room, like she had a presence about her. I would just, I, I, I was never really talkative, you know, but I would just sit back and watch her, you know, and in my head, I just created like this person that I was, you know, with my, with my, my clothing brand, you know, and with my like nice clothes and like all these beautiful things that I just imagined that I envisioned that I had, you know, and that's at six years old and the dream never changed. I'm 36 years old to put it in, into perspective. 
I think it was uh, Eleanor Roosevelt that said, um, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. So that also says a lot about um, about what you're you're sharing uh, with our audience. Um, yeah. You mentioned dysfunctional. What makes a, what makes a family dysfunctional? Well, in my case, I had um, I had an alcoholic father, and there was a, there was a lot of domestic violence at home, and um, and I had like a physically and verbally abusive mother, you know, and just my father was never there, you know, like. I feel like the moments he was there, there was always this like just chaos at home, like like violence, you know. And and when he wasn't home, then my mom was the one who was like verbally violent or or just uh, physically abusive to us, you know. So yeah. So there's there's that uh, story of uh, of this person that um, that grew up also with that type of uh, of background and another person also with that type of background one made it as an excuse to also be alcoholic to also be um uh, abusive in life and they use that that life experience as an excuse while the other person growing up on the same um environment actually used that to really turn around and change uh, his life, right? So in your case, you're the other one who who basically made it so where um, you wanted to to make a change, right? Absolutely. You know, like for me, um, you know, growing up in a society where it was it was okay to do these things, it was okay for like men to beat their their wives, like it was it was part of society, it was part of the culture. I knew from a young age this wasn't right, you know. And for me, I questioned a lot of things. And you 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 also imagine coming from also a society where children are not supposed to question their parents, you know, like like you know. But I always knew this is not right. This is not how to do things. And I questioned this, and this always put me like in a um, you know, like I was always branded like the problematic child, you know, or the bad child and the bad kid, you know, like, um, yeah. And for me, I also knew like, um, w- like having in future, if I would have prospective like, like children, I knew that that wasn't the way to bring up children, you know, so, so, yeah. So um, you were raised in, in what country or was this again? Uh, yeah, I'm 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 uh, originally from Kenya, so that's where I'm born and raised in Kenya. I, I moved to Iceland 11 years ago when I was 25 years old. Oh, so 11 years ago. So now Iceland is uh, is your home. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Grace, during the time that you were dreaming all these um, in your head, right? Was there yeah. ever a point where you thought? It's never going to happen. It can't happen. It's just too grand. It's just it's just too much, you know. With this type of uh, with this type of living condition, um, that dream is not going to ever pan out. Was there ever that time? To be honest, no. There was never a time like that. Like, um, um, well, I had mental blocks, of course. You know, like um, I I didn't know how, but I knew it was going to happen. You know, like uh, pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned mental blocks. How did you how did you overcome those then? 
Um, for me, like, um, you know, like you want to do something, but sometimes you feel like not good enough or, or you're always waiting for something. Like you're always waiting for that perfect time, perfect excuse, like perfect relationship, you know, because I'm a single mom now, you know, and, um, and, um, you know, you always think I have to pay the bills, you know, like if I start a business, who's going to do, you no, know, like I don't have somebody to support me while I chase after my dreams. So, you know, um, for me, the thing that, I knew that I had to do was just, I need, I knew that I had to make a change, you know, and, and coming from the background that I came from, like, um, I had like a lot of negative self image, first of all, you know, and for me, I knew that I had to like, um, I kind of started seeing like a life coach as an investment just to myself, you know, and, um, and also uh, at that time when, you know, like when you having a life coach is something, like everything it's like a light bulb moment where I come from, like, like, you know, you're told, you know, you're, you're black, you're strong, you know, you, you don't talk to a therapist you, know, you can handle everything. Like I remember falling as a child, like literally falling and your my mom would just, you'd be beaten up for falling. Like, where did you fall? You know? So you always ha- think you, you literally think that you can handle everything, you know, but there comes a time when you have to be realistic with yourself and just, um, and just know that uh, tell yourself that you need that extra help, you know, to to deal with the things that hold you back, you know. So that was another thing that I started uh, therapy, and also just having um, people like just I started also on my spiritual journey, having people who are like there to support you on your spiritual growth. And this was this was something to do. This had something to do with like the new. I went into this new church, you know, and I had like this. There was the, there were, I had mentors, you know, who are there for me, like helping me to grow, like spiritually and just know, learning to, to know who I am in the true mess, true gospel of, of what God thinks I am, you know, and, and what I think I am. So yeah, I think pretty much, um, those are the three. That helped you with, uh, eliminating those, uh, those metal blocks, right? Uh, You also mentioned about being a rebel growing up. Yeah. And, um, I think it was Steve Jobs where, um, you know, he said something about being a rebel and it's those that are foolish enough that uh, would actually change the world. Right. So, so I think that characteristic at that time would seem like um, a nuisance and something that would annoy the heck out of your mom, (laughs) but it was that character that, um, that brought fire um, in you. To pursue, to pursue, relentlessly pursue your dreams, right? All right. So, um, so going back to that journey from, from being a six year old to now in Iceland, creating this amazing sustainable fashion line. What was your biggest lesson looking back at, at your journey? My biggest lesson, honestly, has just been, um, like just, learning like the you know i always had the the dream for grasslandic but i didn't know to what extent it would be you know and now i'm just it, it turned out to be the, you know, like this snowballing effect that just became like this really big it's it's i i never really envisioned that it would be as great as it is you know so it just shows me that that you know like i'm meant to do like big things you know and just um that not to settle for anything but greatness you know and it can only go up from here so yeah Uh yeah Um, so you mentioned about that spiritual journey i actually have been um 
going with my mother <laughs> to this, yeah. uh, this uh, spiritual retreat place uh, for, yeah. for what, seven, 10 years now. So it's been a while annually we go wow. there. Um, yeah. And there's this, uh, there's this library in that, um, in that place, in that retreat house where there's like a big, bold um, sign and it's from yeah. uh, Mother, uh, Mother Luisita. And yeah. it says, for greater things you were born. And I feel that, you know, it, it resonates. So that's a part of your biggest lesson. Let's talk about your brand. Yeah. And you said that you never really thought that it would be as big as it is uh, right now. So tell yeah. us about, tell us about what makes your brand different. And what do you think is the reason why it became and unfolded to this amazing uh, brand that we know of today? You know, you know, part of me thinks that it's just um, it's just because that this is something that I've been working on so for so long, like in my own head, you know, so like, <laughs> you know, like um, and yeah, so. That said, you know, and also like just um, when I was um, I was I was doing my research, you know, about like I knew what I wanted to create. You know, I, I when I think back six years ago, I did an interview actually for a magazine. I had been I was acting in a in a in a Icelandic uh, TV show, and so they did an interview with with me about my acting. But then the interview when I read it now, it was about my fashion, the fashion line that I want to create. And when I read this, it's exactly what I'm creating right now. I was just uh, doing my research and. Um, so I never really knew about sustainable fashion. I never really knew knew like 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 there was this other other um, environmental consideration, you know, with like in regards to fashion. I didn't know like the how like production, you know, can be like harmful to the people who are making the clothes, you know, and also just considering them like uh, social econ economically, you know. And for me, just reading that and getting to know about sustainable fashion and learning about it, you know, and also deciding that I was going to create products that, uh, first, first of all, like uh, the fabrics wouldn't be about the price of the fabric. It would be about the feel, you know. So for me, I want to create like using quality fabrics, you know, and whatever the price is, as long as I'm making like quality fabrics that are not only um, friendly to our environment, but also the people who are making our, our clothing are like um, their health is not compromised in any way. And also growing up in poverty, I knew that I wasn't going to create my, create a, a, a line that is only beneficial to me. I have to consider, you know, like this fair trade, you know, I have to consider profits three way i have to make sure that the, the the production the people who are producing it they get they're getting well paid you know they have like medical leave the women have maternity leave you know and they're working under strict uh legislations um so profit for me works three ways in in that the company gains uh the people who are making the clothes gain the environment gains and also the people who are buying the products, they are investing in something that they can use for a much longer time. So that's what makes my Icelandic different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think also a lot of uh, consumers are, are, are smarter now. You know, they're yeah. not just buying for the sake of buying. A lot of them uh, take into consideration um, really what's behind 
What's behind the production? What's the story behind it? There's so many mental uh, work that happens in one's mind when making that buying decision. So, um, so going back to it being big, I think, uh, your, your, uh, approach in, in production is the one that, um, really resonates with a lot of those smart con- or environmentally conscious, uh, consumers. So it's yeah. buying ethical luxury, slow fashion and sustainable fashion for maybe another designer mm-hmm. uh, that want to create something sustainable what are the steps to actually make sure that that happens i mean they just need to do their research you know uh, and and just get to know really like uh, the environmental implications of 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 our actions you know and uh, yeah uh, as a company uh, and also um i would advise um working with a company with a production company that only deals sustainably and uh, sustainably you know because when when i was starting this journey i was told by different manufacturers not to go sustainable because the fabrics first of all cost more you know and as a first time designer you know like i need to keep my costs low and all that all that you know but uh for me like there's no compromise when it comes to like um we we have to think about like just social uh, economic equity you know for and and we are, and women make the 80, make 80% of uh, like the the people who are behind uh making our clothes you know so we have to be to you know like be our sisters keepers you know and just make responsible decisions right right uh so as a matter of fact i read somewhere um and i think you were there in one of those that commented in in that post that really brought light in my eyes on the sad statistics that i really never knew uh about um about the environmental waste that uh fashion creates uh globally uh to the tune of um i didn't know that eight that it takes 8000 gallons of water to produce a pair of jeans, I yeah. cannot wrap my head uh, uh, around that. And yeah. that 8,000 gallons of water is equivalent to one person dr- drinking water for seven years, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's how much it takes to, um, to produce one pair of jeans. Yeah. Um, and something to the tune of three out of five, um, five of the, Hundred billion clothings end up in the landfill, yeah. right? Um, and ninety three percent of uh, fashion companies don't pay the living wage to mm-hmm. employees across their supply chain globally, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and um, as you said, eighty percent are overwhelmingly uh, women. So, yeah. and apparently, fashion is the second second largest polluting uh industry so um amidst all the glitz and glamour that we all know and see that are glamorized yeah there is that nasty behind the scene that truly happens to produce to produce all that right so so your product um is uh you know it's amazing that way where it tries to be 
uh, a solution to this uh, global problem, right? I also read somewhere that uh, you knew nothing about dressmaking. How is that like? And here you are. I checked your website. There's really a lot that I um, that I think are uh, beautifully made, aesthetically speaking, and just even the look and feel. You could already tell that it has uh, um, the lightness of the material, and you can tell uh, quality just by uh, some of the the photos that are laid out there. Uh, so no dressmaking experience. Uh, tell us uh, about that. Yeah. So for me, um, uh, the only the, when I was in high school, I I maybe learned to sew, and um, then uh, when I was in Iceland, when I came to Iceland a few years back, I maybe went for a sewing course. You know, and um, it was not, it was never anything in depth, you know. And I also like the, um, there was this lady who had come from, from the UK. She came here and she, and she uh, wanted to host like a, an event with African women, clothing and accessories. Like, uh, like we, ha- like she planned this um, mini, like runway show, you know, like a, yeah, like a fashion show, something like that to showcase our, our creations. And, at that time, you know, I I literally just bought a I I I bought a um, sewing machine and I just I went to yeah, yeah so I went and I bought a sewing machine I went and bought like everything that I needed and I just told them like if there's anything else that you think that I will need for dressmaking can you tell me like what it is you know and and um, so I bought everything you know and um, I came home and I, I just started making clothes you know so I never at first I never really even like cut patterns I would just look at a dress you know and just and make it you know really you don't need to um, go through a full blown dressmaking course to make your dreams a reality. You know, just pretty much go for it, do a little, do your research. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a progress, you know, it's never, it's never uh, about perfection. Of course, it's always good to like go to go and and learn a skill, you know, it's good to, to go to school and get your degrees, you know, like uh, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I just reached a point where I was, I was contemplating, you know, I I had been contemplating either either going to acting school or going to like a fashion school, design school, you know, and I just told myself, like, I have enough, I have enough, you know, and I I have what it takes to start my own brand, you know, and I decided not to go to acting school as well, because I felt like I was again running away from the reality of what I was meant to do which was be, which was uh, this Grasslandic you know so I just decided I'm just going to go for it you know and I just jumped you know all in but then having little knowledge really was um it was I had like a lot of like um like stumbling blocks you know but um the thing is like there's so much like what you're seeking, what you, what you're seeking is seeking you, you know? So honestly, really, you know, because once I started, you know, like all this information came to me, you know, like, um, uh, there's so much that you can outsource today, you know, like you can always outsource like, a uh, you know, because for me, I sketch, I I love sketching. I love coming up with the idea, idea of what to create, you know, and, uh, and, and, um, and then, like from there, you can get like a. Uh, there's so many. Uh, out, there's so many. 
um, platforms where you can outsource actually freelancers who, who are like graphic designers who are, who are, who will make for you like the, the um, computer aided designs that are, that you're supposed to give to the manufacturers, you know, to, to tell them like, to, to show them exactly what you need, like, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so that, yeah, today you can outsource so many things, you know. So as long as you have a vision for what you want to create, you know, so, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so inspiration, ideas. Where do you get your inspiration, Grace? For a new design, new collection, for the next season? Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, for me, if I'm completely honest, you know, like, um, it's just, I just, I just want to create, you know, something for women. I want something that, that uh, simplicity, you know, like things that are flowing, like just nature. For for example, my first collection was all about nature. It was about like the sea, the ocean, you know, and just, um, and, and movement. As you're saying, you know, you're drawing your inspiration from nature. I mean, what else? I mean, um, yeah. Where else and what else could be better than yeah. having all that abundantly around us and yeah. just having the eyes and appreciation yeah. for, for, the, for our surroundings and, and what we see, right? Sometimes the yeah. beauty is already staring at you, but some yeah. just don't have the eyes and appreciation for it, right? Absolutely. You know, I just want to make clothing that, that is, that uh, makes women feel good, you know? Uh, and uh, as I say, like just, simplicity for me is key you know like um just something that is flattering to a woman's body and something that i always see when i have the the opportunity to see like my customers try on the clothes you know i see them just give a sigh like just you know and that just it just gives me something so i just i for me it's, it's all about like um, you know, just making women feel good, you know, and yeah. I, I could attest to that, Grace, and, and thank you for, um, for the, uh, collection that you, um, you shared with me that I was able to experience, uh, myself, because mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. It almost feels like you're not wearing anything. It was that light, uh, mm-hmm. and it's almost like part of, uh, part of your body that just kind of yeah. flows as you move. So, so that's, uh, that's amazing. And also the thought that behind, behind the production was that conscious decision to be uh, good to the environment, right? Um, I was looking at your website. You mentioned the average clothing takes usually four hours to be made if it's mass produced. Yeah. And yours takes 20 hours. Uh, yeah. that means, um, so that literally means like eight, uh, three days, three eight hour days shift. Uh, of someone making uh, one piece of um, clothing from your collection, uh, t- walk us through how that how that happens. <laughs> uh, Twenty mm-hmm. hours. Our clothing is usually handled by a few people, like whereas in the like maybe just one person handles your 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 whole clothing. So much more love is is put into it rather than in the fast fashion industry where like there's so many people, you know, there's so many moving parts. So, so Grace, how do you stay up to date uh, with fashion? Do you subscribe to any journals, periodicals, or is there a specific um, stylist? designer that you you admire 
Yeah, I was. I've always admired uh, Victoria Beckham. You know, wow. <laughs> I really loved her style, her like designs. I think it's also just feminine and and simple. You know, simplicity. You know, and and uh, for me, I really do not like to to. I I I really don't. I don't like to to subscribe to strict rules. I don't like rules. You know, like I just um, go with what I feel. You know, like um I. I mean, I could read, I could read, you know, this and that about like fashion, you know, but sometimes I try not to read too much because then like I'm influenced by other people's uh, ways of thinking. And like, you know, I just, I just want to be, to make my own clear decisions. And I, you know, I make my decisions now, you know, like I don't, I don't really want to be like excessively planned, you know, like, yeah, so yeah, because yeah, so, sometimes they say being impulsive is a uh, is not a good thing. But yeah. um, if it's coming from an inspired action and it's an impulse because yeah. you're inspired to do something, others would say that that's the best time to actually act on on that thought and not really uh, beat the heck out of analysis uh, of that uh, thought, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you you mentioned about um, you don't like rules. That's going back to uh, to the rebel, to the rebel in you, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and now I remember it was. Um, I think what uh, Steve Jobs said is, uh, "Here's to the here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, <laughs> the rebels, the troublemakers. They are the ones that actually change the world." But hey, you know what? Here's my iPhone. Here's my iPad. <laughs> Everything is like, uh, and it's coming from someone who is a self-professed rebel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but I hear you. Um, so, um, Grace, where do you see your brand in, in 10 years? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, for me, it's all about growth, you know, it's all about like uh, um, building momentum, you know, and for me, Grace is something that is going to be here even when I'm not here. And I plan to live a long time, my friend, you know, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's the, I think I, I see it as, a, as an enterprise. Maybe expansion, right, of, uh, of other collections from maybe jewelry to footwear to absolutely where right who knows yeah. <laughs> absolutely you know that's the plan you know like uh for me like i didn't start with uh, a lot of um like a big capital you know like everything is just i just started with what i had you know and uh, so this is just like a snowball it's growing you know and uh it's um with each uh, product that uh, that I I come up with each line. I just want to do better, you know, and just create, um, you know, like just grow each 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 single collection that I bring in, you know. And uh, absolutely, I will I will expand it to even like men's department, you know, and also like right. children yeah. homeware. Yeah. I, I intend to make like maybe silk bed sheets, you know, and um, and uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, 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 you know, same with me, um, with, um, with, uh, my footwear, uh, collection. I'm already thinking of, um, maybe even beauty products, you know, from, I make my own, um, serums and I, I make my own, um, 
uh, moisturizer. You know, there's a lot of DIY that yeah. I do. And I'm thinking, hmm, you know, do do that uh, type of diversification. Because why yeah. not? We're here to create, right? And whatever Absolutely. our impulse. <laughs> uh, if we're inspired, um, why not? So, Grace, for our audience out there who would want to experience your collection, where can they find you? So they can find me at uh, gracelandic.com. Our shipping is actually really fast. We ship by uh, FedEx, you know, and um, and uh, and DHL, you know. So it's very fast delivery, and and uh, we al- we always try to have like a like a surprise um, uh, message, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like message, and also like just a, a product. We always have. We we have like an ex because we have this no waste policy. So with the leftover fabrics, we always make some accessories and we make like some some other stuff that was wasn't really part of the 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 main collection. So yeah, and also uh, I really love like the I love packaging the products whereby the process of unpackaging is just this like really like special, you know, like yeah, so. So those extra touches that you yeah. want to make sure gives that extra delight and, and surprise yeah. to your um to, to the consumer. And I think that's yeah. um that says a lot about the sensory experience that happens to a buyer, right? Uh you're a buyer, you're expecting something and yet you're wowed because you got something more than what you thought. And that we yeah. need uh, has a way of separating you from uh, the others uh, yeah. out there, right? Thank you very much. And another thing is like, um, for me, it's very important to give back, you know, and and um, uh, when people buy, like uh, part, part of the the sales goes to, usually goes to like um, charity, you know, I, I support an organization in Kenya um, that's, um, that gives uh, like um, counseling and support to families with children with mental um, or developmental uh, issues, and and also like p- my plan is to build a children's home in in my country, you know, like an orphanage. When I say children's home, sometimes people translate it as a as a kindergarten, especially here in Iceland. But then like yeah, I I plan to build an orphanage or to have an orphanage in Kenya because I really I really believe in uh, like children um experiencing that like loving um um like environment yeah environment yeah. from their from this very essential part time of their life you know this is the thing that creates um great leaders you know because if we create like a if we bring up healthy children then we're bringing up healthy leaders you know and also i just really want to influence my country in a way that you know that they learn a different way of parenting where like love is just um you know they you know we are, we are just used to one thing you know but we can always learn you know and um and uh, learn different ways of parenting and just love the children you know and create a safe environment for them i think yeah. that's also one of the reasons why i personally love uh, entrepreneurship uh very passionate and very grateful uh, of of the opportunities of being an entrepreneur because really you can create you can touch lives you can make a difference it could be a force uh for good right uh, as yeah. long as you go in that path um mm-hmm. and to what you're saying you know it's giving back paying forward 
making a difference and affecting, uh, hopefully having that ripple effect of affecting future uh, generations. So that is truly uh, beautiful. Hey, Grace, that concludes our show. Thank you so much. Uh, from Los Angeles to Iceland, oh. <laughs> wishing you continued success. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so grateful for this opportunity and just thank you for, for having me. Wonderful. And for all the dreamers out there, keep believing. You got it. You can do it. Yeah.